This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Streetwise Podcast, an extension of the Pitch in Kansas City. This is your host, Brock Wilbur. I am also the editor-in-chief over at The Pitch. How's everybody doing out there? I hope that you are staying cool. Why will it not stop being so goddamned hot? I, I don't understand, but uh, yeah, just uh, fully pumping AC in the office at this point. Uh, somebody uh, hit the wrong button the other day and left, uh, instead of uh, the AC on, left it on overnight with the uh, the heater. So we walked into an 84 degree office. Uh, it felt a little like uh, being in a terrarium, I imagine. Uh, we, we definitely should have been raising more plants. Um, anyway, this is Friday, uh, July the 1st. Last Friday uh, was something of a, of a, of a complicated day. Uh, boy, howdy, uh, can the Supreme Court really, really get together as a group of nine people and change the entire country for forever? It's a... Uh, fascinating thing to watch. Um, my wife, uh, who is a political journalist, did um, something completely out of character on every level, but uh, maybe some of the best self-care I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, she finished writing about uh, what had happened, uh, and then she got in her car, uh, put our dog in the car, and then she left. Uh, and she went two hours south of here to Neosha, um, she found an Airbnb for a little cabin next to a lake, uh, and that's where she went and still is. She's just gone full Walden. Uh, she's, uh, she's just at a pond off the grid, did not bring her laptop, does not get cell reception, uh, except for when she pops into town. Um, at some point along the way, she, uh, she stopped into a sports goods store, which already this is, we have left the realm of what Vivian Kane does normally stopped into a sporting goods store, uh, got a fishing pole, uh, got a container full of worms for bait, and uh, got a couple of Missouri fishing licenses. She wasn't sure which one she needed, so she has several. My wife, who has never fished or expressed any interest in fishing a single minute of a single day of her life, is out on a pond right now, uh, cooking, uh, what she, what she catches, uh, and, uh, and just living her, her best life as, as far as I know. Uh, so <laughs> that's, I don't know. Sometimes you can just go find a lake house somewhere and, uh, and go stay there. Um, <laughs> our dog notoriously has no interest in being around water. And we were sort of like, maybe he'll like the lake. Uh, he got out to the lake and there's a video that you can see on, on my Twitter, uh, of him diving directly into the lake um, because the lake was covered with algae. So I think he just thought it was more land and he was just bounding about and was like, I'm just going to jump over there. Uh, and boy, boy, howdy, is he surprised when he is fully submerged in water moments later. Um, so, yeah, him and her out leaving their, living their best life. Uh, I'm here holding down the fort. I think they'll be home soon. Uh 
Anyway, I hope everyone has a great fourth. Uh, what we got today on the show for you, uh, I have an interview with the lead singer of Man Man, uh, who is swinging through Lawrence next week. Um, we also have Nick's Music Corner, as per usual. Uh, but uh, first up here, uh, our friend Jason from Stolen Dress Entertainment is going to read Glitter and Goats by Steph Castor. Uh, it's a piece about Saltwell, a local really cool farm-to-table restaurant that's got a lot going on. Uh, anyway, I'm going to let uh, Jason take it away. Jason. Glitter and Goats, Off-the-Grid Offerings from Saltwell Farm Kitchen, by Steph Castor. A wood-burning stove glows nightly and hisses out an occasional ember, akin to the edible glitter flecks floating across spilled sunlight on the copper bar top. At dusk, the candles begin dripping down glass bottles. The last table is seated. The chatter of the cocktail shaker slows. The breeze trickles through the hand-cranked windows and the first wine is poured. A Mount Fishtail Sauvignon Blanc flows into glasses to marry a green goddess salad dressed with bacon, feta, cold sweet potato, and heirloom nasturtiums. The salad alone is an impressive culinary feat, but it's just the introduction. Chef Roz and Chantel Grace met in 2017, when Roz joined the crew as a general manager at Ramen Bowls. Bowls is Grace's popular mass street noodle spot in Lawrence, inspired by her years spent living between the Midwest and Honolulu. Saltwell Farm Kitchen came to life in spring 2021, when the two ventured out to forage for native ingredients, an activity that would become the foundation for their next project. A rural drive on the Clinton Lake backroads led them to stumble upon the dilapidated 1856 McKenzie farmstead adjacent to Rock Creek in Overbrook, Kansas. Roz and Grace have always been a dream factory. Even among the ruins, their vision of an inclusive, intimate, immersive, and accessible farm-to-table fine dining experience became instantly clear, Despite the efforts of other interested locals, the duo's offer for the as-is property was accepted. They hired a team of contractors, camped on the land, and immediately began building a habitable home and dining space. Within a month, they even had Wi-Fi. The once barren garage is now a rustic parlor and an extension of Roz and Grace's own living room, where the couple spends weeknights eating pizza and watching Netflix with Grace's three kids. On weekends, they invite outside guests to get up close and personal with the land, while honoring the character in all things repurposed. Visitors make the trek on Friday and Saturday nights to savor an eight-course chef's dinner, complete with optional wine pairings and premium cocktails. Mix-matched antique dinnerware, vintage floral tablecloths, fresh-picked bouquets, and etched Fostoria glasses adorn the weathered wooden tables rearranged daily around a baby grand piano centerpiece. A free-range ecosystem of goats, bunnies, baby cows, chickens, helmeted guinea fowl, Kittens, puppies, feral herbs, wildflowers, and mushrooms all give the farm its fairy tale charm, yet to be seen anywhere else on the outskirts of Kansas City. The list of spectacles grows with every visit, the menu changes weekly, and no two dinners are ever the same. No salt needed. Roz was born and raised in Illinois and is of Italian and Hungarian descent. He moved to Lawrence in 2009 to pursue the hospitality management program at Johnson County Community College after a short stint in magazine journalism at Columbia College Chicago. While it seems like a sudden shift, Roz's time spent in the Windy City wasn't for nothing. Columbia College is well known for nurturing queerness and became a safe space for him to establish roots in his identity, start his transition, and fully realize his craft. He spent his early 20s working various food service jobs before discovering an affordable and accomplished program at JCCC. My mom always told me that I should marry a man who could cook, so I became the man who could cook, says Roz of his late mother, Delena Petraz, who influenced his passion for elevated comfort food and can be seen by candlelight during every dinner service. 
The self-proclaimed Sparkle Trans Baby has been previously nominated for Best Chef of Lawrence and took first place in the 2018 Douglas County Chef's Challenge. In 2019, he participated in the Chef's Table Family Recipes event sponsored by Just Foods with a dish that was an homage to his mother's Hungarian goulash. He wants to make sure every plate is as authentic as he strives to be and is a respectful nod to his upbringing. From the playlist to the plate, everything is hand-selected. Everything is practical. Between composting and late-night scraps for Sawyer, Saltwell's senior farm dog definitely living his best life, nothing goes to waste. Roz and Grace recently partnered with Crumbs Heirlooms, among other local farmers, to inspire their ever-evolving menu around harvests with excess in ugly crops, in need of love or produce that is otherwise difficult to sell. The culinary playfulness of Chef Roz can be seen at any given moment as he holds a mason jar of Chardonnay or a cosmic and glittery rose gold Negroni, while simultaneously hand-rolling pasta for a smoked wild turkey ravioli, torching Parmesan over crusty sourdough for an asparagus watercress soup, plucking violets to garnish a sous vide ribeye and truffle mashed potatoes, assembling a cocoa pizzelle with, yes more, edible glitter and 23-karat gold leaf, or harvesting cattail to test drive a fried amuse-bouche. Farm Mafia Saltwell is a chosen family. The rest of the staff could say the same. Though small, the bond is evident as helping hands rotate and duties are shared. High fives and shoulder rubs are exchanged. Inside jokes and belly laughs shake the stacked heirloom teacups. The love is palpable, and the enthusiasm is contagious. Rare industry finds in a post-pandemic world of DoorDash and restaurant fatigue. Roz and Grace make it a point during their welcoming toast every Friday and Saturday to introduce the staff to the guests and share a collective moment of gratitude. The two command the room during golden hour, and Grace makes her way down the lineup to showcase the unique talents each person brings to the table. In essence, she paints the family portrait. Jim King is a career educator, dishwasher, greeter, and resident comedian on the farm. As the team huddles on the front porch for fresh air and a group taster of the soup course, King is the first to break the blissful silence. It's like pigs at the trough. Everyone chokes in an effort to contain the laughter and avoid spilling on their personalized dress code, ranging from sleek and all-black to jaunty hand-stitched frocks, to King's own crisp white button-up and custom tie boasting a collage of his grandson Nathan Friedman's face. Friedman is a 14-year-old hospitality protege who has been helping at the farm, along with his grandpa, since day one. He affirms that all dishes are coming back to the kitchen licked clean and reports on the overall vibe in the parlor. With a smirk, he lends an audible pat on the back to Roz. He is a well-mannered young man with an intense love for food and charisma that could earn a five-star review. Sheila Tackett was an original Ramen Bowls employee. She came to the farm in the winter following some canceled weekend plans on her way up from her parents' farm in southern Kansas. Thanks, COVID. She texted Grace on a whim and worked through dinner service that same night. Her go-with-the-flow nature made her a perfect addition to the Saltwell roster, as she's been parked next to the hen den, a.k.a. the chicken coop, and helping out weekly ever since. Tackett manages day-to-day -day administrative tasks and meticulously polishes and arranges the parlor, to assert the fine dining standards that mesh with the come-as-you-are mentality, making the experience approachable for any occasion. Kate Frick is a household name for cocktail connoisseurs. Former owner of the iconic Myers Hotel Bar in Tonganoxie, Kansas, Frick curated the farm's bar menu. Her ingredients are just as whimsical as the names for her concoctions. The Gay Feather is a lavender, green tea, and mezcal-based libation, just to name one. And it's no surprise to hear someone say, that's the best Manhattan I've ever had. Frick also works as a farmer for Crumbs Heirlooms on weekdays and helps deliver the haul to Saltwell. Roz's father, Gary Petraz, is a retired railroad employee and moved to Kansas to be closer to his son. He keeps to himself and visits during the day to mow the grass, patch roofs, and fix problems the farm didn't know it had. 
None of the magic would exist without Grace, who is the mastermind behind it all. When they say there is glitter everywhere at the farm, they really mean it. Grace approaches her work as a poet. Her personality is effervescent. She self-edits and revises industry protocol to ensure that her employees, friends, and community feel safe, seen, and provided for. She exchanges narratives with neighbors and invites strangers to join in. She has built a home with Roz that thoughtfully redefines hospitality as we know it and sends guests home with bellies full of wine and wanderlust. What better way to facilitate this experience and have everyone in the community come together than to do it in our own home, says Roz as he smiles at Grace and raises his Negroni in conclusion. Our main goal here is just to make everyone feel as special as possible because you're all sparkly and glittery and worth it. We wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for all of you. The space is yours for the night. We don't turn tables for a reason. Nightcap. You know, if you would have told me that I'd leave the south side of Chicago for an abandoned farm in Kansas, I would have called you crazy, says Roz as he dumps watermelon rinds into the goat pen. From expanding the parlor to include outdoor seating, weather permitting, with live music and cocktail hours, to planting a goth garden of rare black herbs and flowers, to installing an industrial kitchen while their goat guys, Daniel and Dave, restore the barn for private events, Roz and Grace have big plans in store. Just one year in the making, Saltwell has indeed carefully translated feelings of falling in love, self-discovery, and getting lost into an intentional and sensory experience. At the end of dinner, everyone wraps up at their own pace. It's not unusual for the juxtaposition of state politicians, renowned painters, magicians, and even a celebrity national champion NCAA basketball coach to be seen at the farm. They mingle with tables, peruse the art on the walls made by queer folks and women of color, flip through poetry books, and tinker around on piano keys. They bypass differences. They dig out their phones for a momentary selfie. They order another drink. They're hesitant to leave, but don't hesitate to get back on the books. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to bring you Nick's Music Corner. Nick. Hello, I'm Nick Spacek, music editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. Scott Harabko has been making music in and around Kansas City for years now, but his newest release, The Wonderful World of Scott Harabko and the Rabbits, is his most ambitious yet. Recorded with a coterie of musicians including Jason Beers, Clark Wyatt, Chris Hudson, Chad Brothers, and more, the two-CD set features 22 songs running a gamut of cosmic American music. As Rabco wrote in a letter enclosed with the CD, the album takes some twists and turns, and each song is like a little world unto itself, but he thinks that it holds up as an actual album as opposed to just a collection of songs. The song we're featuring this week, In Lieu of Flowers, ranges from Jobim easy listening to contrapolitan dance over the course of its five minutes, and is sort of a perfect encapsulation of the range which you'll hear over the course of the wonderful world of Scott Rabko and the Rabbit's two discs. You can find out more information by going to scottrabco.com, that's H-R-A-B-K-O, or by hitting up Scott Rabco Songs on Facebook. Here's In Lieu of Flowers.
Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, talking to Honus Honus today, the lead singer of Man Man. Yes, these are two things where it's a word repeated. Just hop on board with it. Uh, if you've never listened to Man Man, they've been around for like 15 years. They're sort of an experimental group out of Philadelphia originally. Um, imagine Oingo Boingo, uh, in like a honky tonk and that's sort of it. Like it starts with a piano, but everyone else in the band really brings a, a, a manic energy to their instruments. And, and back in the day when I first was watching them, they were the sort of people that would be hitting each other in the face with, with instruments and, and such. I was just like, this is a lot of, of really uh, huge kinetic energy to bring to songs that, that sound like they could be in one of the bars in Westworld. So uh, I don't know, really thrilled that they're coming through. Uh, they have a tremendous album called Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between uh, that was slated to come out right as the pandemic hit and they sort of pushed it and then pushed it a little bit and then let it out into the world because they knew people needed music during the pandemic. And this is, as of this week, their first time getting to actually tour and play the material for people. So uh, it's pretty exciting, despite the fact that he sounds like he is having a real bummer of a time from the uh, the back of the tour bus where he is calling me from. Um, but uh Really, really interesting guy. He's married to actress Constance Wu, uh, which is just a, a detail. Um, but uh, if you're uh, going to be around Lawrence uh, the 8th of July, they will be playing the bottleneck. Uh, come out and uh, I will I will see you there. But uh, first, here's a quick interview with Honus Honus. Hello. Hey, this is Brock Wilbur from The Pitch. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Uh, calling for the uh, interview we had set for now. You all, you good for that? Yeah, let's do it. I'm laying in the back of the van. <laughs> Where are you guys heading out of right now? Uh, we played Grand Rapids last night, and we're just making our way towards Pittsburgh. Uh, fantastic. Uh, thrilled to have you come into Lawrence uh, soon. Uh, yeah. First time I've seen you uh, since maybe your first tour. So, uh, yeah, excited well, to see yeah, so I had to see everything in between. So, um, yeah, I uh, I guess what does it feel like to be back out on the road again? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a combination of um, exciting but also terrifying due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And just, just the prospect that it could shut down our tour at any point. What, what made you... What what convinced you that this was an okay time to to try to head out again? Um, I mean, enough time. I mean, it's been a couple of years since we put our record out. We had to support it at some point, right? Uh, is figured, it is it for Yeah, yeah. We figured the best time to go out is when gas is astronomical prices, and that uh, <laughs> you know when COVID is rearing its head again when. The Supreme Court overturns abortion rights. Seems like a perfect time to get to work. <laughs> uh, is it is it weird to only get to finally play these songs basically three years later after you recorded them? <laughs> um, yeah, you know it's a, it's a little strange, but at the same time we're using this opportunity to road test new material, which we're going to record after this summer tour. Uh, what? What's the new material like? Is it uh, is it going in any sort of new direction, or is it uh... <laughs> always 
always new directions. <laughs> uh, what are uh, what do the sets look like this time out? Are you guys sort of doing the whole career sort of thing, or are you focusing on particular set of songs? <laughs> um, you know, it's like it's a mixed bag. But like I said, we are playing a lot of new stuff that no one's heard before. Like I'd say, maybe a quarter of the set is new stuff, which is exciting for us too. Right. Uh, are there are there any songs that were exciting to pull from the backlog in a way that you were like, well, we haven't played these in, in a really long time? <laughs> oh, totally, totally. There's songs off the first record, which are almost like brand new songs for people anyway, because it seems that most of our fans nowadays, unless they're uh, old heads like you and I, um, <laughs> they, don't, they don't know the first two or three records. A lot of people, it used to be that a lot of people started a rabbit habits our third record, but now it feels like a lot of people started at Life Fantastic or Oni Pond. Uh, I I know that you guys were sort of the, the first band that I remember getting the email from that was like, hey, I am so sorry, but the vinyl is not coming out anytime soon. Uh, what what was the experience like with that to, to hit like the, the sourcing issues to the delaying your release that, that long? <laughs> well, you know, to put it succinctly, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know we had the option to re- push the release of our album and i gotta tell you i mean it was on one hand it was heartbreaking that uh it took four years to make the record and it was seven years since our last release and then to be hit with this once in a lifetime pandemic but we decided you know pe- people need music while they're in lockdown so we put the record out anyway knowing that we couldn't even tour to support it well what did you do personally during lockdown to keep uh, from going insane? Um, I had a COVID baby. <laughs> well, my, well, my, well, Congrats, my partner, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, as my career disintegrated and I uh, basically undid years of uh, savings in the span of a few years, uh, I, I got to distract myself by being around my daughter 24-7. And that that, that, that was a real joy. And, and now that she's at the age where uh, my absence can be emotionally scarring, I figured, oh, it's a great time to tour. <laughs> Man, the the hits just keep coming here. <laughs> uh, I, I I saw that your wife has a, a book out now. Is is she also getting to tour behind that? Or are you guys on separate tours? <laughs> Her book comes out in October. I'm actually reading. Um, she gave me an advanced copy to read, and thank God, it's really great. <laughs> I got to tell you, home life would have been rough if I had to lie about how uh, lie lie about it. But it's actually really great. I'm not just saying that because we have a child together and I love her. It's it's, it's legitimately a it's a very um, it's a yeah it's it's it's, it's a well written. That time is very brave and beautiful book. Well, very uh, proud to, to, it makes you very proud for her to partner up with such a weirdo. <laughs> well, uh, the the wife and I are, are huge fans of both her and Honus Honus. So uh, yeah, we're <laughs> we're pretty excited for both. Uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 I know any... I, I know it's definitely it's definitely the mashup that no one foresaw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that kid's gonna have an adventure. Um, <laughs> uh, 
is there are there any uh, I know you guys are sort of always expanding in this way. Are there any new instruments being added to this tour, or do you guys have enough with the the twenty that you have now? <laughs> oh yeah, you know we have electronic wood instruments. You know, on, on the new stuff, there's more uh, there's more horn sections. And the new stuff is like we're exploring uh, more expansive vibes. And also, uh, I'm ex I'm experimenting more with synths in the sound. Uh, I mean, it's you. all going to be anchored yeah. by my brain, so you know, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, since you guys uh, haven't had a chance to tour behind the new material, what uh, what song off the new album has been the most fun to play in front of a live audience? Um, Cloud Nine's been fun because people, you know, we we, t we took these songs out on tour before we re-recorded uh, the album, and oh. so it was fun to play this material for people. But it was, you know, unknown material, so it's great that people had a couple of years to live with it. So then, when we perform it now, they can sing along. Because some of right. the songs were, you know, engineered in a way that they could be collaborative with an audience. So to play a song. Um, such as Cloud Nine, and have people sing the choruses. It's, it's been truly invigorating. But uh, one song we love playing live is Powder My Wig, because it's just such a bizarre, <laughs> such a bizarre song. Uh, th thanks. That was awesome. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. Can't wait to see you guys in Lawrence. Uh, drive safe. Uh, be safe in general. Thanks. Thanks for chatting with me. Appreciate it, man. Look forward to seeing you in Lawrence. All right. Fabulous. Bye. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Streetwise Podcast from the pitch. I've been your host, Brock Wilbur. Um, everybody, thank you guys so much for listening. Please check out the great work we are doing each and every day over at thepitchkc.com. Uh, vital reporting that I think is important for the city. Uh, but also our our brand new uh, issue of the magazine just hit stands. You can read it online. You can find it out in the world. Um, it's our annual music issue. Uh, it's a really, really tremendous one. Um, but also, this is my first ever cover story uh, for the magazine in three years of working here. Uh, I don't know. The magazine takes a lot of work uh, to put together, and running the pitch takes a lot of work. And I just never get the opportunity to sit down and knock out 8,000 words on something. So uh, the cover story this month is on the band Making Movies. Uh, our, our story is up on the website. The PDF of the magazine is up on the website. I encourage you to get real, real into them real fast. Um, their new album, Zopa, just dropped. Uh, that's streaming. You can find it embedded on the website in the article. I, I hope that you guys really enjoy that one. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be, be kind to each other out there. Be safe on the 4th. I will see you all soon. Thank you for listening. Pitch in and we'll make it through. Bye bye. This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. 
pitch in and we'll make it through.